Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody, to Dr. Connie's House Calls. We are now, believe it or not, into the month of November. In November, we think of such great things as Thanksgiving and getting ready for Christmas and the holidays. I always think of November as my wrap-up for the year about what I am most grateful for. And I think of family, I think of friends, and I think of food. Uh, When I think of uh, November, I think of being grateful. I am particularly grateful for veterans because, as you know, on November 11th this month, we celebrated Veterans Day. So to all my fellow veterans out there, thank you and God bless you for sacrificing your service to our military and the service to our country. I've been very blessed to have served 24 years active duty in the Navy. And before then, my father served 30 years, my brother served six years, And at one time, I counted up how many years of combined military service my father's family has had since his uncles joined the U.S. military back in the 1940s. And it's been over 200 years of combined duty to the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. And we still have active duty members in our family who are stationed around the world. My niece, who is a major in the Air Force in the Nurse Corps, Uh, is uh, now stationed in Florida. I commissioned her uh, about 20 years ago, but before then I saw her when she was delivered at the Navy Hospital 30 plus years ago. I don't want to give away her age. So very much the, the military is part of our family life. I think of it particularly as I look back what I did this summer. Uh, this past summer my husband John and I traveled to Europe and we went uh, to Normandy for a five-day tour with a special group of former military uh, veterans. And in part of that tour, we got to see Normandy. And I had visited Normandy during the 50th anniversary of D-Day when I was with President Clinton. And I was so impressed and so moved by that journey that I told my husband, John, we really need to go back on a tour. And and John's very much into American history and, and, and and all the different wars, obviously World War II particularly. And what struck us when we toured Normandy, we went to all the different beaches, we went to the museums, but it it was rainy, it was cold and miserable, and the tour guide said this was very similar to the weather they had on D-Day, where it was cold, rainy, miserable. And just try and imagine those young troops coming ashore after being in those boats for probably several days, about two days circling, ready to launch them onto the attack or onto the invasion. And they were young kids, and the average age of of the troops were probably around 17 or 18 years old. And that really struck us how young they were to to have served and and to die. Afterwards, we we toured the American Cemetery, and I remember when I had visited with President Clinton, just the the hills of green at the cemetery and all the crosses and the stars of David that we've seen, but there are over 9,700 American soldiers buried there. And, and you just can't help but cry to realize their sacrifice. So I think of the military, and there are very few jobs nowadays in which you, you sign up and 
part of your job is that you could die on your job. You can give up your life. Uh, I think of the people who are not only in the military, but the law enforcement people, as well as our firefighters, and God bless you all, your firefighters out in California who are battling those horrible fires and helping people there. As I think of uh, the military, I think of all the other people I want to mention and my honorable mentions, because I don't do shout outs, I don't want to shout, but I'm going to mention a few people who come to mind in the month of November. Today is a special birthday for my friend Georgia Bunn, who is in Medford, Oregon. Also a birthday for Sally Gardner, who's in Chicago. And a special birthday for my private practice, because I celebrated on November 11th, 13 years in private practice for my own business. And my husband, John, who's a retired CEO and an MBA, tells me that, amazingly, 96% of businesses fail in the first two years. And I said, I had no idea that was such a huge failure. He says, absolutely. I said, well, I was too dumb to know. I didn't have an MBA. And I just went into private practice with the focus that I wanted to treat my patients as though he or she were the President of the United States, that you focused on what I call the STAR principle. And if you take the letters in the word STAR, those stand for what I believe in as sort of my business motto. It's about service, it's about trust, it's about access, it's about relationship. And for a lot of business people out there, <clears throat> there, there are other two other R's you can add to it. It's about revenue because you don't want to go into business and to be broke. You want to go in business to profit and grow your business and then expand it and you know benefit your employees and, and the community. And the other R is reputation. What do people say about you, about your business and your product? So I'm grateful to God for that. I'm grateful to my patients who trust me in their care. I think of, as I look back of this month, I also want to say, Happy birthday to Tom Scaglione, who celebrated his big 7-0 birthday this month, and his sweet wife, Lisa, who Lisa had a wonderful birthday party with her wit and wis wisdom. Uh, my friend Greg Wiley, who also celebrates the big 7-0 on November 20th. Little shout out there to Maria, Dr. Maria Gopez, who is my cousin in Indio and her husband Arthur. She is a pediatrician in private practice and I got to visit with her last month with her mother who is my dad's sister and the only surviving sister among his group and she will celebrate her 90th birthday next year and also uh, honorable mention to my friend Marsha Meyer who's been on our show before. Marsha is the founder and president of the Be Kind People Project. And what she does with her dance troupe is they tour schools throughout the Phoenix area and across the U.S., and they teach children about why it's important to be kind to everybody. And, you know, they had an old saying, they have random acts of kindness, and what she believes is, is deliberately being kind to each other, which nowadays it's become sort of nasty, it's become mean, it's become people are discourteous, and for you to be intentionally kind really gets people's attention more than people who are obnoxious and shouting over to over you. So I thank Marsha for her wonderful work. I think of this month as getting ready for the holiday season. It's gotten cold here in Arizona. We love it. This is this is why we live here, getting ready to shop. In fact, I was shopping at the mall a couple weeks ago. We just had just right after Halloween, and they've already been decorating for Christmas. I felt like I was so behind. I said, it's not even Christmas, it's not even Thanksgiving yet, you guys are getting ready. 
So, oh, I, I have the other note to be grateful for, anniversary-wise. Uh, this month, uh, November 18th, will be 16 years that I met my husband, John, the reason I know that. I have his medical records. It was the first time I met him at Mayo Clinic in the executive health program. He came in for a physical, and that I, that's how I met him. Although people think, that is a weird story. So when we're with couples that we don't really know too much about him, and they go, well, how did you two meet? And John and I will look at each other and say, uh, we met online. We, we really don't want to go through that whole story. And we, like, we shared it before on our Valentine's Day show about how we met. Uh, I was his doctor for five years and then had to send him out of my clinic before I could date him because I tell him I'm not unethical. I don't date my patients. So, <laughs> But I think of the month of November, and it's a happy time. It's my, it's my happy season. I, I'm, I love it because of the family, about the joy of the season. And... I also look back recently what we've been going through, not only with things in the media, but there was an article that struck my attention, and it was by author John O'Leary, who has a podcast, and I met John O'Leary a couple of months ago where he spoke at my church. John O'Leary is an accomplished author. He wrote a wonderful book, his memoir, entitled On Fire, and it's the story of John's life and struggles because when John was about eight years old, he was in a tragic fire where over 90% of his body sustained 90% uh, 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 burns to his body. And usually people die. Well, he didn't die. He survived. He survived, and it, and it showed his tremendous strength, his family's love, and became a very successful builder, a businessman, and a motivational speaker. And I always uh, look at his podcast, and I, and I get uh, posts from him periodically and there was one particular post that he he shared recently about proof that money doesn't buy happiness because this time of year we're thinking what do I get so and so how can we make him happy with Christmas gifts and I, I think of what he said in his post and he brings up the fact that a few weeks ago we had a lot of media frenzy over the big Powerball. The, the Powerball was $1.5 billion. And I can't remember who won it, but I think there was just one person who won it. And at that time, Mega Million was about $500 million. So I, I do uh, indulge occasionally in the lottery. In fact, I, I, I would buy lottery tickets occasionally. When I moved to Arizona 16 year, 17 years ago, I told my sons, I said, hey, I, I bought lottery tickets. It was like $20 million at the time. And it was only like a dollar per ticket. And one of the things I like to ask people, so if you won the lottery, what would you do? So my kids were 12 and 14, and I said, listen, now oh, the lottery is like 20 million. You know, uh, J Andrew, what would you do if we won the lottery? He goes, oh, mom, God, we get a Lamborghini, we get a house with a big pool, we, we travel, blah, 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 going on and on. Well, Jason, who was 12, was very thoughtful. He's watching his brother go on about all those materialistic things. And he's like, dude, dude, but forget forget about that. He goes, think of our, our, our incentive. What would that do to our initiative? And I thought, look at how he thought. It wasn't the material things. It had to deal with your initiative. So going back to the $1.5 billion lottery, people went crazy. You know, people line up. They you know, spend lots of money to invest in the what we used to call the redneck IRA and, and try to buy into it. And there, what, what John O'Leary brings to mind is there are a lot of studies about happiness and wealth and that they are showing that long-term excitement and gratification from instant wealth, that gratifi gratification rarely lasts. Even more surprising is that when you win the lottery, the majority of these people have more agony and unhappiness 
in their lives even if they want it. In other words, even if the winners had that instant gratification, in the long run, they become the losers. So, so if you're among many of us who didn't win the lottery, don't feel bad. There was actually a study in 1978, and, and John O'Leary mentions it. It was done by the University of Massachusetts and Northwestern. It was quite an interesting study. They interviewed three groups of people about the level of happiness in their life. The first group were a whole bunch of recent jackpot winners. Okay, that's one group. The second group were people who didn't win the jackpot, meaning people like you and I. And the third group actually was a very sad group. They're people who were victims of catastrophic events, such as injuries, such as burns like John O'Leary, of serious you know, quadriplegia, paraplegia, devastating events who survived. So you wonder, how do, can you compare these groups? What do they ask and what do they find out? Well, what the studies found that when they looked at the lottery winners, they had the most happiness in the now, at that present moment. They were the most happy among the three groups. But it wasn't as overwhelming than the control group and slightly higher than those who endured the catastrophic event. But after that, after that major win, lottery winner's luck begins to run out. So then what they did is they, they looked at the three groups and said, listen, looking at your upbringing, your past circumstances, and your memories, how do you rate on this happiness scale? Well, the people who did best on the happiness scales were the ones who actually endured the tragedy. It wasn't the lottery winners. It wasn't everyday people. In fact, it's the people who had survived these horrible things, burns and injuries, severe medical events, who survived them, who viewed these accidents as making the foundation for a bigger, better life. So they looked at that. And I think back, I had a patient of mine who lives in California, who became, a, he was a firefighter and was uh, riding his mountain bike to, to work one day and uh, ran into a pole and actually broke his neck and became a quadriplegic. And he woke up and he was on a ventilator and his girlfriend who had been with him at the time stayed with him and ultimately married him, helped him. But what happened years later is he was able to move two fingers, that's all he could move, so he was able to work his electric uh, wheelchair and drive a car and became a, a financial expert. And I remember the first time I met him, he came into my office with an electric chair, had a ventilator working for him to help him breathe, and he, he just told me, he looked at me and I just wanted to cry looking at him, he says, no, don't cry, he says, I am the world's luckiest man. And just the fact that he wasn't bitter, he was pleased, and he built an amazing life. Had a home in Coronado, had a busy business, he was seeing clients. I mean, nothing held this guy back. So the most important finding is when, when these three groups were asked about their happiness experience in everyday life, what they've realized is that everyday things that we a lot of times take for granted, like eating, laughing at a joke, being in nature, visiting with friends, that the happiest groups really were everyday people as well as people who had tragedy, and the least happy groups were those lottery winners. So don't feel bad that you didn't win the lottery, uh, because in a lot of ways you did by losing it. So yeah, you look at people's perspective of that. Now why is it that when people get nice things happening that it's never enough? We always wonder like, okay, I've got a nice house, a nice car, but you sort of want more. And there is a psychological tendency that they named called hed uh, hedonic adaptation or hedonistic adaptation. And it's, a it's, it's human beings' tendency to get used to things once they make us happy. So once, you know, your husband buys you a nice ring, you're thinking, oh, okay, 
that's that's it is that going to be it in the beginning it's like it's really cool and i remember one of my girlfriends telling me she said the you know look at the ring your husband gave you it's three or four carat diamond ring uh, when you're engaged, she says, the longer you're married, the smaller the ring gets. And I'm thinking, what, would the diamond shrink? She goes, no, it's the, you know, the longer you're married, you're so used to the, the size that you don't think it's a big deal. So that's hedonic ad adaptation. Once you think you got it good, eventually it's like, eh, it's not so good. You want something bigger and better. So we, we sort of get used to that. So you have to sort of pull yourself back and say, listen, I got to focus on what I have, be appreciative for what I have now. And it's sad, you know, you have to have something horrific happens that takes it away that you're appreciative for what you had before. So I, I think of that. And I think of what would make life better. And one of the questions I ask my patients after, as part of their physical is I said, tell me what would make your life better? And a lot of times it isn't really more money, it's really more time. I'd like more time, like with my kids, which had better relationships. And then the, the fun question I like, is, especially after the Powerball, is if you won that Powerball, let's say you were the one and only ticket holder, and that $1.5 billion, you know, they, they called you, okay, you're going to get half of that after taxes, $700 million, what would you do tomorrow? And if you can tell me, you know, I wouldn't change a thing, I donated, I'd pay for off my kids' education, that's fine. That works great, and, and you're more than happy with that. So I think of that, I think of the gratitude for that, I think of the month of November for which we're grateful. And I'm, uh, I'm really particularly grateful today because our guests in studio are going to reinforce the theme of gratitude, but also of their fascinating lives of achievement and of family love and of, of being so much part of this community. Well, I'm going to go to a brief break here for three minutes, and then we'll be back with our special guests in studio who are actually uh, previous guests who are one of our most tenured guests on our show. So stand by for Dr. Connie's house calls. We'll be back in a few minutes to welcome our guests, Maureen Francisco and David Van Maren. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. How do you define work? 
Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to our pre-Thanksgiving show. Next week, we will be gathered with family and friends. And this week, right now, I'm gathered with really good friends who in a lot of ways are family. In studio, I'm joined by some very special friends who go way back several years. And they are actually my most popular guests on this show, having been on my show many times. Maureen Francisco and David Van Maren. Let me tell you about these amazing people, this power couple. David and Maureen are the co-owners of NW Productions, LLC. They produce pageant qualifier to Miss USA and Miss Teen USA for the Northwest as well as a confidence-building workshop called the Beauty Brand Believe Expo, an award show that celebrates the pageant community at the international level called the Global Beauty Awards, as well as red carpet events and much more. David Van Maren has been in the entertainment business for over 30 years, where he was talent agent and manager. Maureen is the writer of a wonderful award-winning book, her memoir, It Takes Moxie, of which I think she mentions me in that book about pursuing the American dream. They enjoy traveling, spending time with their family, their adorable son, Malachi, is here, who's very well-behaved, and they enjoy creating memories for, for their amazing life. I met Maureen, I think it's been now eight to ten years. Yes. And, and she was, I think, we were, I was doing an event in Seattle, I was speaking at an event, and I was so impressed by her that we just struck up a friendship. And Maureen, tell us about your background a little bit more. So just like yourself, I was born in the Philippines, and I remember vividly meeting you because I was writing for a magazine, and we were so fascinated by your story. So I sent you an email and said, do you mind if we have lunch together? And I live in Seattle area. You live here in Arizona, and you said, yes, I have time on this day. So without Dr. Connie knowing, I actually flew in for lunch. And just imagine if you had canceled. That oh would have gosh. been one expensive. And it was uh, at a Sam Fox restaurant, which yes, we'll get to at the latter yes. part of this thing. And we were just talking, and yeah. you asked me, so tell me what you're working on. And I shared with you, 
I'm writing this book. And you were so gracious enough to ask me, do you have somebody who wrote the foreword? And I said, no. And you go, may I write the foreword? And that's when I was fighting tears because I knew I needed someone with a big name to write the foreword of my book for my agent to sell it. So I've been so grateful to you. You've opened so many doors. You've been an amazing friend and mentor. Well, you know, people come into our lives because I see you as somebody with so much positive life that you've helped so many people as well. And it's been such a joy because you've been on my show the most of any of my guests. You, this is your fourth time. I we love should just being have here. our yes. so Connie and it's the Con, Dr. Connie and Maureen show. You're, the first time was bringing you on board, talking about your book. The second time, your husband David Van Maren, who is doing a little filming here with us, we brought you over for the Valentine's show about love. Because yes. I think you, you were already married then, or we were just married for a few months, and it was our very first Valentine's together. And David at that time did not know about being romantic. <laughs> oh, so when we were here for your radio show, he reminded me. He said, "Maureen, you know it's Valentine's Day, but we're going to be so busy with Dr. Connie, I'm not going to do anything." And I thought that was a way to throw me off that he had this huge surprise <laughs> in our hotel room. So when <laughs> we were done meeting you for dinner and doing the radio show I go in the hotel room and I look underneath the bed and underneath the pillow inside the closet and I was like oh David you're right you didn't do anything for yeah. Valentine's Day <laughs> we're throwing him under the bus the poor guy well you have to teach your husband you have to teach your partner your language of love there's, yes. there's a great book about the five languages of love and yours is you know you got to show, show uh, gifts and, and you know acts of love of that sort but that was the second time was when you were newly married the third time was last November when you flew out to Arizona and we talked about what we were grateful for for Thanksgiving and it was the American story of which when you look at us we don't look anywhere near American I mean I'm Filipino Maureen's Filipino David's Korean and then tell about your life David because your memoir needs to be written oh well I came from Korea and um, I think I was found by an American soldier who was put in an orphanage and I got moved from orphanage to orphanage and every time you get moved from one orphanage to another you get a different name and ultimately you know some kids just they end up as numbers and so if you're blessed enough to get adopted um, somehow some way then and get to America then wow uh, the world's open to you so I was adopted fortunately and uh, how old given, were you do you um, remember well, do you know well they gave me a birth date and age and there there I was so um, they said that I was approximately they thought about five years old so they gave me a, a new name, and uh, and I knew what starvation was like, and uh, and so when people talk about how, you know, I have it so bad here in America, it's just kind of odd because I, I remember how bad it really was, and most of the rest of the world, uh, poverty is much worse than poverty in America. Oh yeah, you know, and people just have to be grateful and thankful for what we have here. Remember, you? I think you told me one time when you were learning English about when your mom and dad who adopted you were feeding you. The, one of the first words you learned? The first word that I learned was okay. And so they were giving me food, and they just kept on bringing the food, and they would say, well, do you want some of this? And I didn't know what they were talking about. All I knew was okay, so I said okay. And they kept on bringing food, and I thought, okay. And I kept on eating, and they'd bring more food. Okay. And then until they literally just stopped bringing me food because I wouldn't stop eating. Uh -huh. and, uh, and, and I ate and ate 
and he, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I was using the restroom but he's frequently. very slender if you can see him now he's <laughs> slender he works out they both work out they're really in good health but you know your story and I think of you know Ma Maureen you need to get him to write his book I'll write the forward to your book <laughs> because it should be it's showtime because yeah. you know tell about how you got into entertainment uh, well, I guess, so I um, went into um, college on a wrestling scholarship, and so um, the lady that used to do my hair said, hey, you should do something in, in TV, and I thought, well, how do you even get into that stuff? So I was an extra in a movie, and one thing kind of led to another. And Which then, movie? Uh, gosh, I, I can't remember them all, but uh, one of them was um, uh, with Keanu Reeves, uh, Permanent Record, that was a movie, and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, I was on the set of that movie for three months. Um, and so it was just one thing after another thing after another thing. And then I was asked by a casting director, hey, you know, why don't you be an agent? Because you know a lot of people and so all these creative things. artists? Yes. Yeah, so you no, work for creative artists? No, not for creative artists, oh, okay. no. So I, I just started out as a, as a peon at an agency and I kind of worked my way on up. And, and then I ended up becoming an agent and uh, learning the business. And Can you tell us who your clients were? I had a supermodel. Her name was Beverly Peel. She was a black supermodel. She was been on the covers of pretty much every major fashion magazine, wow. and um, she, in fact, was someone that helped Tyra Banks when she was a yeah. young teenager in France, and let her live at her apartment. And um, and so there's a lot of of history behind all that. But I used to be her manager. Wow. Um, yeah. And then how did you get into the the beauty pageant industry? Um, I. <laughs> I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be in the pageant <laughs> <laughs> industry, no. Uh, so I was asked to be a judge in the Miss Washington USA pageant, and so I, I learned. Um, and at first, my thought was, "Ooh, a pageant!" And then, I, so I finally did it, and I learned, "Wow, these women are smart. They've, they're intelligent. They've got incredible goals in life." And it completely changed my perspective, and found out, "Wow." These women that are involved in, in, in this pageant business, much more than I ever imagined. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and in fact, a lot of the uh, young ladies that, that were competing were young ladies that are getting 4.0s in school and, and uh, just incredible goals. And so um, it, I, I was caught into the business just because of, of how smart and intelligent they were. So it was an incredible thing. And then Maureen married into it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're both in the business, you know, with the social media and the pageants. And so what's a typical day for both of you? So we work maybe about a foot away from each other across <laughs> the desk at home. <laughs> at home. And it's a lot of communication because um, David might have a passion about something, but I might disagree. So there's a lot of talking through things. And we grind from like 8 a.m. probably until midnight or 1 wow. constantly. And, and this you're is traveling too with the pageants, right? Yes. Involved with that. Yes. So we do the pageant stuff and then we do some other production stuff that, that uh, we probably can't talk a whole lot about, but just other, other production stuff that's really fun and exciting. And what, what I tell people is uh, if you do work with your spouse, there's no such thing as date night anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because when you're at dinner, you talk about business. Yeah, and, and <laughs> even, even though you say, "Oh, let's not talk about it's business," not. it just it just slips in there. Yeah, well, yes. that's part of your whole life. So now you have Mal Malachi will be four years, four old, years old on January first. Yeah. So how's your life changed? So much. We had no idea <laughs> how we can survive on little sleep. <laughs> Sleep is overrated. Do you drink a lot of coffee? Is that? I mean, you live in Seattle, near Seattle. No. Just, just one cup. Oh, okay. That's it. You know, and, oh. and and we survive it. And I think the biggest thing is that we 
trade off and, and we try to give some time to Malachi and then we trade off and hey you uh, go play with him and you take him to the park or yeah. whatever else that we can do but we're still kind of working um, with our phones just because of, of the nature of the industry that we're in. Yes, it's been challenging, but I wouldn't trade anything. I mean, having Malachi is such a blessing. I wish we had kids sooner. I had no idea just how much your heart can love. You You don't realize the extra level of love until you have a, a, a child, oh, right? Yeah. And then, absolutely. And that's where I think it was just such an eye-opener for us. So what's Thanksgiving going to be like at your home this year? No one's going to play the role of the victim, so that's always good. Cause <laughs> at most Thanksgiving dinners, someone is looking for the role of the victim seat, right? And uh-huh. there's always people trying to fill that seat, and, and we're just grateful that no one's filling that seat at our home. Um, we'll be with friends. We'll be fr- with friends. And um, Are you cooking? Who's cooking? Our, our friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Yes. All you have to clean up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I go to AJ's and order it, and they pick up. My husband heats up the turkey. There's no way I'm going to cook. Yeah, if you're <laughs> smart, you find your friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you won the Powerball, if you were the ones who had won the Powerball, what would you have done? I would pay off our debt. That's what I would do. I would also um, invest. I, I really want to create more jobs. That's what I would want to do. What I want to create of jobs. For example, I would like to host um, the pageant in our city, and I know that would create such an economic boom in our area. Um, I, we have a couple of other projects. Again, I just want to create what pageant. Oh, the Miss USA and Miss Teen USA pageant. That's a national pageant. Wow. So I would love to host a national pageant in our city. But what I want to do is really invest in creating jobs because I was talking to David about this. When people have work. They feel like they have purpose, yeah. and uh, they have motivation, and they have goals. So I really want to create jobs because if you don't have a job to support your family, it, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, we see it a, a lot of time. Well, in our our background in the Philippines, you know, we have people emigrating from the Philippines to the United States, and you see them, uh, friends, they come and they have three or four jobs, and yes. they send money home to yeah. the family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everyone's working, they're always, and that's part of it, they share one house, several families, and they're s- making money, and they're sending it back home to yeah. the family back home. It's, you know, it's that work ethic. It's, it's a work brain. ethic, that's yeah. exactly it. But you gotta have purpose. You yeah. have to have the purpose that keeps you going and, and doing that. And, you know, and, and I see that with you. I mean, you, it's tremendous ambition, but it's also the the, you strive intentionally to, to make your life better, but also to do great things for other people. You know, you don't have an off day, do you? I mean, do you ever no. get a break or there's no holidays for you, really? You're Seven always days a week. Wow. <laughs> How much longer do you want to do this? We'll keep doing it, right? Until we feel good enough that- Five years. It <laughs> <laughs> was like five years. <laughs> Are you, you, any TV shows or you can't share that about what TV show may be coming up or would you, would you like to have a TV show or not yet? Can't really. Um, We've been working on something that, that is really exciting to us and it's, um, there's been a little bit of, of, um, I guess just working with certain types of people and relationships to make it happen. Um, But it would be very exciting stuff for us. I think that we're. Um, we continue to work on it, in, yeah. and so anything else you want to add to it? And um, I'd like to, for us to go on a vacation. We have not gone on vacation for a long time, so that would be nice to to go on vacation and just really enjoy each other. 
Yeah, yeah because yeah. live in the now. So yes. quick question before we go to break. What, what are you grateful for this Thanksgiving? Oh, we're so grateful for our health, our friends, our family, and mm-hmm. just being able to soak in the moment. Seems like a lot of people um, that, that we know have cancer and, and various other um, illnesses that, that are either life-threatening. And so we're always just grateful for our health and, and you know, our prayers and thoughts go out to our friends that do have yeah. those uh, illnesses. And so, um, you know, God bless them. Well, thank you. Again, many thanks for coming out all the way to Arizona to be on our show. You are really our favorite guest. and oh, thank you. Wonder, you know, wonderful guest, and I wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving as well. So stay tuned, everybody. Don't leave yet. We've got one more guest left, our special guest, Colin Thomas from Doughbird, which is one of the Sam Fox restaurants, my favorite restaurant chain here in Arizona. Actually, you're, you're growing, continues to grow. And uh, so stay tuned and come back in three minutes to Dr. Connie's House Calls for our November show. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. We all have unique experiences and outlooks when it comes to leadership and team building, yet sometimes we clash, even when trying to achieve the exact same goals. Check out Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Your host is Dr. Cass Henry. A shared journey equals success, and every human interaction has the power to achieve this success by working together. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back, everybody, for the final segment of House Calls for the month of November. So a week from today, families all over America will be sitting down to that wonderful Thanksgiving meal. And as David Van Maren pointed out, you know, sometimes there's drama. There's sometimes someone wants to be the hero. Sometimes somebody wants to be the victim. Don't do any drama. Just embrace your family. Don't talk politics. Don't go into very sensitive things. Talk about sports. Talk about memories of past events that are happy and also dreams of the future. And also talk about the wonderful meal you're going to have because Thanksgiving, we all talk about the food. And I I intentionally work my personal schedule around food. uh, And it's important to me where I'm eating. My assistant Sally knows very well my favorite restaurants. My particular favorite brand or restaurants in the Arizona, the Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arcadia area is the Sam's, Sam Fox Food Concepts, which I've, gone, I've really been a huge fan for the past, I think, t- 8 to 10 years, starting off, I think, with Modern Steak, which my hairdresser told me about, and then moving on from Modern Steak to Taco Blanco's to Greenhouse to North Italia, and then to Dobert. And it was probably in the days of Modern Steak that I met our guest here, Colin Thomas, who was working there and works it for Sam Fox Food Concepts. So I want to welcome you today, dear friend, because usually see me sitting down eating, and we're not eating yet. We're going to eat at your restaurant later today. But Colin Thomas, welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Dr. C. It's exciting to be here. He is the general manager of Dober Pizza and Rotisserie, which is the latest Sam Fox restaurant in Arcadia. It's a very popular, successful restaurant. If you're in Phoenix and you're in Arizona, please come visit Dober. The food is incredible. Uh, Colin has successfully operated other restaurants from uh, Fox Restaurant Costa, such as the Greenhouse, Blanco Tacos, and Tequila, and the Henry. I forgot the Henry. It's what I had like one of my birthday parties there years ago. Uh, Colin is originally from the Midwest. He went to M- New Mexico State University, where he studied hotel, restaurant, and tourism management. And so that began his love for this industry. Now he's moved here to Phoenix. He's accumulated over 20 years of experience in the restaurant industry, and he's a pillar in the local food and beverage scene. Actually, he's sommelier. You've gotten your uh, yeah, credentials love, love, in that. Level one, yeah. So absolutely. he knows all about great wine. He can advise. He's a mentor to many people in the industry. He's a student of the craft and considers himself a true hospital. How do you pronounce that? Hospitalitarian. Hospitalitarian. Because sure. I think a hospitals, but I think the word is still derived from the same thing right but uh, your uh, hospital food your food's better than our hospital <laughs> food so definitely how did you get in this industry Colin? um you know it's uh I, I was fortunate enough to be good at it i started uh when i was 16 um just a you know a, a typical entry-level busboy position and uh i was surprised to find out from all of my coworkers way back then um that i was good at it and they, they gravitated towards my presence you know uh, um, when I was at in my front of house position, all of the servers and bartenders and managers um, wanted me to work, and they they loved when I was there because they felt uh, that I was complete in my duties. Um, and when I had extra hours to give, I'd hang around in the kitchen where I really wanted to be, and I learned a ton from a lot of talented chefs and, and line cooks. And uh, um, 
it was, you know, I learned a lot from being in the kitchen as well. So, you know, you fast forward uh, 20 years and um, I found that I've been able to gravitate towards every one of my employees because I've, I've done their job in, in, a, in a successful capacity. And, and yeah, it's, it's something that it comes easy to me. So what's the hardest part of what you do? Um, you know, I might say that we, I joke that it's the it's it's a twisted get day, a twisted game of Groundhog Day. <laughs> you know, it, you, you kind of set the stage and and you get the restaurant ready the same way every single day, and you unlock the doors, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, you don't know if a, a, a tour bus of fifty people is going to pull up all at once, or if you're not going to have your first guest walk through the door for the first forty five minutes, and so. Um, you know, that unknown um, is, is fun and, and addictive, um, but, you know, so long as you're nice and you're kind and, and you've got a great product, um, people tend to, to, to gravitate back towards, towards your restaurant. And so um, the hardest part is, is really kind of just, just staying prepared, being mm-hmm. nice and, and staying, staying relevant. It's such a, such a saturated market and people can spend their money anywhere they want. So, yeah. Have you seen you know, more people coming into your restaurant more and more? Just just larger groups of people coming out. You know, we we have we, we we're fortunate enough to have a really really awesome location right on the southwest corner of 44th Street and Indian School. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, traffic through that area. Um, but more importantly, our cuisine kind of speaks to the masses. It's it's comfort lo- comfort food executed at a really high level. You know, Where did the name come from? Uh, it, that's a, a brainchild of Sam Fox. You know, dough dough for pizza and and bird for rotisserie chicken. And and when we first sat round table and talked about the brand, you know, we were all kind of looking at each other like, does Sam think these two are going to go together? Like, is it is rotisserie chicken and pizza? That's the pairing that he wants to run with with this thing. Um, and we opened the doors in late March of 2017, and it's been an epic success. So, so what's your favorite item on the menu? What's the most po- well? Let's say what's the most popular item on your menu? The most popular item is probably the rotisserie chicken. You know, between the rotisserie chicken or the, or we, we have a pizza called the Aviator, which is our version of a meat lover's pizza. It's got your, your pepperoni and your fennel sausage and your bacon. Um, those two tend to be the most the most uh, the most sold or the most sought after. Uh, for me personally, I like to live on the edge a little bit. Um, I think that you know our our salmon dish is phenomenal. Um, there's all kinds of amazing flavors on the plate when it comes to our salmon. Um, and I also like the uh, Brussels sprout pizza. You know, when when we saw that on the menu, we thought, man, we're gonna put Brussels sprouts on a pizza and be successful. And and again, it's it's been, a, it's been a huge hit. Yeah. See, I like the consistently consistency. Whenever I go to one of your restaurants. I know that the people are going to be professional, they're going to be friendly, a very nice environment, and the food is consistent. First of all, I love your tea. Whatever your iced tea is, I love it. It's just like addictive. And your food's consistently great. It's enjoyable. Everyone, everyone, I brought people from all over, and they always love your restaurants. They're always, it's just such a wonderful event. What is your definition for a great dining experience? You know, really, the the details, all those things that you named. Um, I think that the food, regardless of what you're serving in your restaurant, it, it has to it has to be good. Again, people have a lot of options when they leave their homes and they they decide to dine out. They could go spend their hard-earned money wherever they decide to spend it. And so, to stay relevant and to stay busy, um, you know, you've got to pay uh, a lot of detail to the food. Um, you've got to be kind. You know, that's. I tell when I sit in interviews, I tell my staff all the time, you know, it, it, I, I can teach you anything you need to know about beer and wine or, or the food. I can't teach you how to be nice. I can't teach yeah. you how to have a genuine personality. And so, you know, if you're if you're nice, you, you get that 45 minute or hour window during that dining experience to change someone's day because you don't know what they've been through before they park their car and walk through your front doors. Um, 
and and building relationships. Lastly, I guess you know the, the wow factor. If someone comes in with a with a crying child and they've had a long day and they're just looking to get the table, you know, if you go out of your way to to accommodate their situation and they walk out of here kind of holding on to their heart and looking for the manager to say, hey, you've got to hire five more people <laughs> like like Joseph over there. He really took great care of us. Um, that that wow factor makes people come back. Wow, doesn't that make wonderful? But I always see you there at the restaurant. So what? Do you have time for you? You're married. Tell us about your wife and your little boy. Well, they are my my support system, and they're a strong one at that. Um, you know, my 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 wife. I we've known each other almost 17 years now. We we met in college in the industry. Believe it or not, uh, I was a bartender, and she was a rest uh, a server at the restaurant we worked at um, 17 years ago. Um, and you know, she has been in my corner um, ever since. Um, and my son is is forgiving. You know, I, I ask him all the time at three years old, you know, what does daddy do for a living? And he said, dad makes the pizzas. And I said, okay, well, that's that's great. I'm glad you've got it kind of figured out. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're super supportive and we spend uh, every every moment we can together. So um, I'm busy, my, my, my profession demands a lot of my time. Um, and my wife is overwhelmingly supportive um, about that or on that. Um, and yeah, we somehow, some way, in, in 24 hours a day, we, we, we find a way to make it work. We're, we're both extremely career-driven and, and we're busy um, sun up to sundown. But uh, yeah, it, it works. So when Thanksgiving comes next week, how, how do you plan to spend it? Uh, with my family, with my loved ones. You know, I, I just got done talking about how I don't get a lot of time to spend time with my family. Um, and so Thanksgiving is special to me and my wife in particular um, because somehow, some way, we were pigeonholed into hosting Thanksgiving dinner about six or seven years ago, and it's wow. it's turned into a production. <laughs> so, do you cook? Are you going to cook the, the uh, turkey? I the do. Yeah, it's uh, we've got two. We we, we do two turkeys. Uh, you know, every side you could think of. Um, there's four so or five desserts. So, what kind of sides do you? What do you have for sides? Uh, there's everything. You know, uh, macaroni and cheese. You okay. know, stuffing, um, cran- cranberry sauce from scratch. Uh, potatoes with red chili, um, greens, corn. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And, and what we've found over the years is to take some of the, the burden off of our shoulders and, and kind of make it a potluck, if you will. We host it and we do um, the majority of the cooking. But over the years, we've we've also allowed people to kind of chime in on what they'd like to bring. Um, and it makes for, for great conversation over the dinner table um, when everybody kind of contributes to a day that's meant to give thanks. What kind of stuffing do you use? Um, you know, I wish I could tell you. My wife's got a, a she's secret. Got a secret. She's got a secret recipe, and I've I've always got to run to the store to get more butter right as she's putting it together. Oh, I've butter tried, makes it better. And I never get to see what she's putting in it, so it's it's a it's a hidden gem. But I, I know that it's it's delicious, and it's it's a fan favorite every single year. It's so all the things it's supposed to be. What do you have for desserts? Um, people are going to be like salivating out yeah, there. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do uh, pumpkin cheesecake. Um, there's uh, parfaits. My my son last year. Um, had his hand in making these little pumpkin tarts, um, and so we'll bring those around. Um, there's pecan pie. My mom always brings a pecan pie. So it's, uh, I want to have to buy a bigger house. I don't know. We're not going to fit all this food in there. I think it just it gets bigger and bigger so every So what year. time do you usually start cooking on Thanksgiving Day? I uh, mean, your restaurant's closed that day, right? It is closed, Good. yeah. And it's, a, it's you know, as I mentioned, it's a production. So my wife started, we started getting ready for Thanksgiving about three weeks ago. You know, there's there's the honey-do list, and so I've got to get the yard ready and and break out all the decorations. And there's just, there's a lot that goes into it. But as far as the prep, you know, I, I am kicked out of the kitchen probably five days prior to the holiday you know there's uh-huh. a lot of a lot of prep that goes into it um as i mentioned there's you know there's two turkeys 
Um, there's a, there, there's so much mise en place and, and vegetables and cutting boards and things that are labeled. You know, you can if I look in there two days before Thanksgiving into the, the refrigerator, she says, touch this, don't touch that. So you've got to be real careful about what you eat on before the holiday. Wow. So when the listeners are, you know, as they're listening in, do you have any suggestions on how they can make their Thanksgiving special? Well, you know, there's there's so many ways to, to, to spend the holiday. Um, but I think that, you know, over the years as a, as a society, it's become about the, the football, the, mm-hmm. the, the turkey, and, and the relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, so long as you're it's carving out some time throughout the day to, to give thanks to, you know, what we have, you know, we, we talk about people out there that, that don't have the, yeah. the the luxuries that we do. Um, and so if you give thanks to what you have, um, and if you have time or it's in your, you know, it's it's within your means, maybe give back. You know, it's something that me and my family have tried in the past, and, you know, we've carved out a little bit of time to take four or five of us down to the local shelter and, and, and get involved, and, and that really kind of um, fills a void that you didn't know you had when Good you can get you. down there and get involved. So yeah. um, giving back is, is a big thing as well. But, but you know, just enjoy the, the company. Uh, you know, great, no one has to work, and, you know, great food, great work wine, great beer, um, and great company. Don't talk politics, right? Yeah. So I'm going to give you the Powerball question. So if you were the lucky winner of the, the Powerball, the one, let's say, you know, seven hundred million million, what would you have done? Well, man, that is, it's a tough question. I think everyone would answer it the different but same. Um, for me, I think the number one thing would be to take care of my son, you know, whether it's investments or um, you know, college funds, you know, a lot of it would go into making sure that he's going to live a long, healthy life after me and my wife uh, move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that travel would be run a close second. You know, I think that my day-to-day life and, and living in the now is, is so demanding of my time and my wife's the same that I'd really take some time to to, to get the two of them on a plane and or, or a helicopter or an air balloon or a yacht or we'd, we'd get on something that would kind of allow us the, 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 the liberties to travel. We'd get out and see the world. You know, it's, it's changed so much since I was a kid and, and I, I, I want my son to get out there without the cell phones and without the tablets and just yeah. kind of take, take advantage of the scenery and, and, and the way that the, the world has kind of transitioned. So we get on travel a little bit. Awesome. Well, you know, we did win because we didn't win the lottery. It's true. And we're grateful. But I am particularly grateful for you. Every time I go to your restaurant, especially after this show, it's like a home away from home. Your folks are so friendly. Your food is just amazing. And, and like tonight, uh, David and Maureen are going to join us as well as Sally and, and Malachi is going to join us. And we're just going to have a wonderful time and into your home. And you guys do such a great job. It's it's a tough industry. It really is. You know, people go broke. When I was mentioning that some you know companies fail in the first, most of them fail in the first, 96% fail in the first couple of years. And to be part of a chain that's successful, that people love and everyone, I ask my friends, have you eaten at Dobert or the Henry? I'd start naming like, oh yeah, I love that place. Consistently over and over again. That's something you should be very proud. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But I want to thank you. I mean, you've always made me feel welcome, friendly. I mean, you and and the other, Kim, you know, who works upstairs and just such nice folks. I mean, thanks for what you do. You you make that experience so special, especially uh, all uh, many of us who have our activities planned around eating. I mean, that's really yet. I mean, what am I going to do before the next meal? That's really important. So thanks again, Colin, for being on our show. Thank you, David and Maureen, for just being part of this show of gratitude. And I want to end this show on a final note to, to wish all of you listening in a wonderful Thanksgiving day. Take time out to enjoy your family. Be grateful for the things you have and not for the things that you wish you had because in a lot of ways you're blessed more than you would ever imagine. So you don't have to be winning the lottery to be blessed and happy. So with that, I wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you next month 
on in our on our December show. So God bless you and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. We'll be right back.